A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Behind the Knife, the surgery podcast. Relevant and engaging content designed to help you dominate the day. listeners the weather's getting warmer the days are getting longer and that can only mean one thing it's time for the new interns to hit the hospital don't worry though we've got your back i'm shanaz hussein and i'm nina clark and this series will give you some practical tips and tricks for dominating your intern year today we're focusing on your learning intern year feels a lot like drinking from a fire hose while you're shuffling through your list and the normal daily to-dos that surgical patients require you're also somehow expected to know about those patients' disease processes and study for that abcite exam that's looming in January. Today, we're going to talk through some specific resources and tips for staying on top of it all. Shanaz, how did you structure your studying as an intern? I went through so many different tries to figure out what worked best for me. So if that's the case for you, don't feel like you're doing something wrong. That's completely normal. I originally started with reading a textbook that was very dense. And I would try to assign myself to read like a chapter over the weekend because I just figured I didn't have enough time during the week. And honestly, when you're learning to first kind of manage the work-life balance while working 12 to 13 hour days, I think that's okay to maybe not study right off the bat when you get home during the first couple of weeks. But I would say that strategy was not a success for me. Once I got a better handle of working those full days and maybe not passing out immediately when I get home. I found a way to read a couple of pages a day. I had a senior tell me that if they read about eight to 10 pages a day over the course of the year, you can really get through a textbook without feeling like it's too much of a burden on your time. And the main key thing is whatever structure you choose, try and not only read specifically about the rotation you're on, but trying to read about some high yield topics for AppSite. Nina, what did you do? Yeah, I totally agree with that kind of chunking things out and doing a little bit each day was really the the right balance for me in intern year and frankly now even. Uh, I typically take a relevant textbook chapters for the rotation that I'm on and read those as I go throughout the rotation. And that's I, I also do a little bit every day. And then I also in the background am constantly doing kind of random mode questions in a question bank uh, throughout the year. And so that's kind of how I try to balance my learning, not just so that I'm only seeing what I'm on for rotations, but also getting up, you know, the breadth of general surgery, which obviously is huge throughout the year as well. 
and I totally agree. Whatever structure you end up using, the best thing to do is to I, ideally get through at least the very high yield topics for Absite before January. And hopefully we'll, we'll be able to provide some resources that can point you towards what those are. My general tip is just to always be doing something. Even if it's 15 minutes a day of reading, it all adds up. You can get through a textbook in a year, like Shana said. You can get through a question bank a couple of times a year, actually, if you do this. And this will really set you up for success as you progress in your own career, because this never stops. Even when you finish residency, you still have to be learning constantly. So I think setting up really good habits for learning and prioritizing reading and questions and staying on top of the literature is really critical in, in these very early days of residency. Speaking of questions, I think... A good goal is to try and do a total of at least 50 questions a week and then ramping it up the closer you get to AppSite. I think even just doing some questions uh, somewhat reliably, as long as it's not zero, you'll be in, in decent shape for AppSite. I think also, you know, develop a system for saving and taking notes as you learn. You're going to learn so much in the next year and beyond. And everyone is a little bit different. But in general, I think for, for most people, if you read it once, it may not stick. And I think having a, a resource for yourself that keeps in organized fashion that works for you, everything that you've learned throughout your time in residency, it's a great thing to have. And it's a great thing to be able to go back to time and time again. I use a cloud-based notes platform that lets me pull things up on my phone and import pictures that I take, which is great because if somebody draws me an operation step on the back of a glove container or on the whiteboard in the OR, I can take a picture of that and file it away for future reference. Same thing if I see a picture on the internet that shows something nicely, I'll take a picture of it and upload it to my notes. Or if I read a great textbook or an article that I really like, it also goes into there with links as, as appropriate. So I can basically have everything that I've ever spent time reading or learning in one comprehensive space that I can then reference again and go back to on the fly. A hundred percent agree. I unfortunately am someone that needs to write everything down. I would love to have transitioned to the digital notebooks like Nina did. But what I do and I've seen some of my colleagues do is they carry around a small notebook and I write notes in there all the time. One of my senior residents told me that whenever you step out of an OR, when you're going really quickly for those five minutes to grab a snack or a drink of water, also like start writing down every single detail that you remember from the OR. Draw diagrams. It doesn't have to be a beautiful work of art. You can go back later and either type it up or make it nicer, but like kind of scribble everything down that the attending told you, like what instruments they use specifically, what sutures they're using. That way you can refer back to it later when you're preparing for that case with that same attending. Or if you're doing it with another attending, then you can at least have a sense of the steps and then also compare and contrast the different techniques those two attendings are doing. But it's really hard to remember those specific details if you don't write it down right away. Definitely. I scratch a lot of pictures onto the back of my list throughout a given day. And that's I love my digital notes because I can take a picture of those and never lose them. But I think if you're holding a notebook on you, uh, that's another great option. I think finally, just remember that every single patient is a huge learning opportunity. Every case you do, every person you see postoperatively, the more you can ground your reading and studying in those patients that you're seeing every day, the more fun it is to take care of them. And it really serves a dual purpose of preparing you for boards and also making you a better physician for those patients. Shanaz, let's get into some specific resources. How about starting off with a review of the textbooks? Definitely. So there's two different types of textbooks, I would say. There's textbooks that are for the principles behind case pathology. You learn the basic science, you learn the pathophys. So then the other 
type of textbook that you'll really be relying on or a concert atlas is. So start, we'll, we'll start kind of with just a textbook that you're learning all the basic principles from. And I would say for interns, at least in my program, we were recommended to start between either Sabastian or Schwartz. I use Schwartz. I found it really user-friendly and it, it seemed like it was a little bit more clinically focused where it would go through the normal physiology and the pathophysiology. And it would, that was one of the textbooks that provided a brief overview on anatomy and basic steps for a procedure. Nina, what, which one did you end up using? I actually ended up reading Sabastin in its entirety as an intern, uh, which if you look at that book, it's quite impressive. It's probably uh, a bit much. That book is huge. It's really dense. It starts with a lot of the very basic pathophysiology uh, behind surgical disease and is somewhat less focused similarly on operative management, which I think, again, is appropriate for junior residents. The thing that was a little bit tricky about Savistin is that the chapters are really long. So I think the idea of completing a single Savistin chapter in a night is very quickly going to go out the window like it did for me as an intern. But you can still chunk it up into 15 or 20 minutes a day and get through the book. It's just very dense. So I think be mindful of that. A lot of people gravitate more towards the shorter chapter books. But I think that Sabastin has a huge, huge amount of knowledge and and baseline information that really helped me as an intern. And I, I'm a big reader at Baseline, so it wasn't too hard, hard a stretch for me, but definitely a bigger lift than some of the chapters that are shorter in Schwartz or uh, Cameron, which we can talk about next. Shunaz, have you started reading Cameron yet? I have not. I was planning on switching to that when I go back to my clinical time as a PGY3. At our program, we were kind of told to use Cameron as a more as an upper level reading books. That way, also, there's always something you're reading. The learning never ends in residency. So you read from a textbook shouldn't be ending after your junior years. That's how that was kind of framed to us. So I'm looking forward to switching to Cameron. I've heard really good things about it. Have you used it yet? I have. I, I read it last year as a PGY3 for the first time. And I, I think it's great because similar, it sounds like to Schwartz, it's it's short chapters. They're usually about five to 10 pages long. They're really clinically directed. So they're pretty specific chapters, but they're a little bit more clinically focused. So they start out with the typical presentation and practicalities of management, including surgical management for a lot of common issues. So I've, I've really enjoyed it as, uh, I guess it is my senior level uh, resident book of resources. So With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Finally, Shanaz, do you want to talk to them a little bit about the Absite review books? Those are floating around, including our own. (laughs) Yes, we won't start off too strong with our own plugins. So we'll start with Pfizer. Pfizer's kind of been the one that's been hanging around the most. I think it's on a seventh edition now. And it essentially has bullet points of high yield facts 
that are very useful for the offsite review. It's not necessarily, I would say, reader friendly to read through. It's literally just like reading a list of facts. But if you're on a rotation, for example, with breasts, that's a great place to start with knowing the must know facts. And then what I do when I'm doing questions is I kind of either write in the book points that maybe weren't mentioned in there or go back and look at their diagrams because they have good diagrams. And then switching over to ours and behind a knife absent book, we worked really hard on it. The first edition came out, I want to say two years ago, maybe three at this point. They're a complimentary companion book to our upside podcast that is released every year between November, December, and January to help with their upside review. Same kind of thing. It's all about high yield facts. Just in our companion book, we made it a little bit more user friendly by setting up as question and answer. We have some different diagrams and tables and a little bit more space to write your own notes in. I've looked through both of those books. I have them both for absite specific studying. And I definitely think that they're more useful for right before your absite as you're kind of getting into that high yield studying uh, and have some other textbook, whatever you choose in the background going kind of more continuously throughout the year. Really quickly before we move on, I am going to do a plug in. We are revamping our entire upside series. So we are re-recording new episodes and we're updating the companion book. We're adding about five new chapters, a lot more diagrams, and a lot more information. So keep an eye out for this fall where the book will be available on Amazon for purchase and those new episodes will be dropped this year during Absate Review. That's great. Yeah. And and I'm pretty excited. I know y'all have put in a ton of work on the Absite revamp already this summer. So continuing to work on that's great. The last big category of, of books that you may come across as a surgical resident are surgical atlases. There are a ton of anatomy pictures out there. Frankly, I don't reference one in particular. I usually kind of Google around, look in our, you know, the books that are stored in our workroom and look at these atlases when I can pull them up from our library's website to find a hodgepodge of pictures that I think really demonstrate operations in anatomy as uh, everyone's a little different here and has different preferences for what they show. And I've found that certain uh, websites or atlases may show a particular operation really well. And so I think just being flexible here and and really using all of your resources at your fingertips to find pictures that demonstrate concepts uh, in as clear a way as possible is really how I would tend to use these. I agree. I think now I do the same thing. I kind of search on our internet surgery website, the name of the procedure and seeing what seemed the most helpful. If you're kind of lost and don't know where to start necessarily or want to see what maybe an example Alice would be. I would say Zollinger's Surgical Atlas is a good place to start. Okay, I think we talked enough about textbooks. Let's talk about question banks, the next half of our studying tools. And I think everyone has similarly a different preference for this. There are two main question banks that I think most surgical residents, at least at my program, use. The first is TrueLearn. There's a lot of questions in TrueLearn. It has really high quality content in terms of descriptions and answers, but it can be a little expensive. Programs certainly offer discounts to this oftentimes, so you should definitely ask around in your program as to whether there's a discount code that you should use when you purchase it. But just be mindful that it does cost some money to, to purchase. Um, I've had a lot of friends use TrueLearn and they've really loved it and had a lot of success with it. 
The other main option is the score questions. This is uh, put on from the American Board of Surgery and is actually written and edited by ABS folks. So this is generally free uh, if your program subscribes to the score curriculum and has a whole curriculum attached to it, which is really nice. So you can pull up text descriptions of answers. There's a huge video bank. There's a huge question bank with answers provided. And so that's a little bit more accessible to certain programs if your program is subscribed to the score curriculum. All right. I think we talked a lot about now reading. Let's talk about how to actually learn the technical skills. Here's some tips and tricks to make use of your downtime as an intern. I always kept some suture tied on my badge. So then whenever I had some time, I would practice my one hand, two hand throws. Again, repetition is critical. And once you're able to get these hand movements down to muscle memory, then you'll be able to focus on other aspects of the surgery because 100% of your attention isn't on you focusing not throwing an air knot essentially so keep on doing it until it's like in nature and then it's not just about not tying or having a needle handy to throw some stitches it's same thing goes to instruments i have small hands myself so like learning how to navigate the instruments that are built for bigger hands was key there's different ways you can hold a needle driver or how to open stiffer instruments without struggling too much if your hand doesn't fit but that all came with practice again so those are two things that you can keep handy to work on totally agree and remember to practice with both hands i am very fortunate in that i'm ambidextrous and so i flip back and forth uh but that also means that i need to practice twice as much to make sure that both hands are equally as proficient in every skill i pick up so as you're practicing you'll tend towards your dominant hand typically but remember that to not neglect your your right or left hand whichever the non-dominant hand may be for you you know once this does become muscle memory i think just getting your reps in is really critical not tying in particular is super easy to do while you're doing other things right you're watching tv you're sitting around listening to the most fabulous podcasters of all time what have you you can always be throwing some knots and getting better at those mini, mini technical skills that are really critical for looking slick and smooth in the operating room. I also think it's one thing to watch somebody do or teach you a skill right in front of you or walk you through this in the sim lab or in the operating room, but it's another thing to remember exactly how it looks and how it's done. Uh, I remember really struggling with this as an intern because I would go home from a great day in sim lab and suddenly my hands wouldn't remember how to do a two-handed throw. One of the really helpful things for for me has been looking at videos. And this year, Behind the Knife actually released two things that hopefully can help with this part of skills acquisition. The first is a knot tying and suture practice board. And the second is a series of videos that really break down the common surgical moves step by step. The knot tying board's available on Amazon, and having one of these at home is really great because it makes these skill sets accessible in a way that you can do it any time of day. There are definitely nights where I'd rather watch old episodes of Law & Order than go into the sim lab, and having one of these at my house is really great. I also think the videos are critical because they're free. You can look at them all the time. You can make sure that you're gaining these skills in the correct way and really building that muscle memory based on the correct way of doing these skills. And they're also available to be a resource, not just for you, but for people like medical students who rotate through your service who are also learning these skills. This was just a quick scratch on the surface on what's out there in terms of medical education for you as an intern. There's a lot out there. It can be overwhelming. But I would say the key point to take from this is find the one to two resources that work the best for you. Find a question bank. Find time to incorporate a little bit every day so you can build a foundation gradually and succeed uh, not only on app site, but in terms of the knowledge you need as an intern. 
All right, we'll see you next time for more intern tips. Be sure to check out our website at www.behindthenife.org for more great content. You can also follow us on Twitter at Behind the Knife and Instagram at Behind the Knife Podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a review. Content produced by Behind the Knife is intended for health professionals and is for educational purposes only. We do not diagnose, treat, or offer patient-specific advice. Thank you for listening. Until next time, dominate the day. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.